Good morning to you all. It's good to be with you again. As we continue our series uh, from 1 John. In the Lord's Prayer, um, following on from what Matthew was uh, talking about, we come to the next two phrases, um, lead us not into temptation. Uh, Do we really have that in mind? Are we asking God to not allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able to bear? But also the next phrase, and deliver us from evil. What evil? What does it mean? Are we praying that God will not deliver us from evil? Are we under threat? In 1 Peter, God inspired him to write this. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a ravenous lion seeking someone to eat. Do we take notice of that? Do we realise that for every one of us here, the devil is prowling around like a ravenous lion uh, looking to, well, eat our faith, eat our perspective on Jesus, to deny us all the benefits of what Jesus has promised for us in terms of peace and contentment and so on. We are at war. I remember you you see it sometimes on the news where uh, uh, the Prime Minister of Australia or the Prime Minister of Great Britain announced to their nation, we are at war. And that had a very profound effect on the people. Um, Does it have a very profound effect on us to read that Satan, like a ravenous lion, is seeking someone to devour? to devour our faith. The phrase in the passage in John is in verses 4 and 5 where we read verse 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. What does it mean we overcome the world? or we are under some sort of struggle. The world is a phrase which um, means that uh, the godless world, we're not uh, sort of overcoming the oceans and the trees and whatever else. We are overcoming the, the godless world, the pull of Satan, the temptations of Satan, as he seeks to undermine our faith. And it's, it's essential for us as Christians to do that, to be aware of Satan's activities. We're not going to give him too much attention, but we need to be aware that he's there, he's real, and he is seeking to harm us, to harm our faith, to harm the name of Jesus in our life. If we're not aware of that, if we're not aware that we're on in a struggle, um, does that mean that we're complacent? That uh, life is easy? Um, Faith is easy? We don't have to give much attention to it? Are we just cruising along? Or are we more intent on that? How does Satan attack us? How does he attack Satan's 
Christians in this world. And the first and obvious one, I suppose, is persecution. There is an outward aspect to it. Do we realise that there are Christians who are dying today because of their faith? So far removed geographically from us, aren't they? And so perhaps sometimes not very much on our minds. But there are Christians who are dying today because they have faith in Christ. Others, of course, are imprisoned or abused or ostracised, uh, denied the basic necessities of life. Not happening to us here, but it's happening to them. And Satan is active in this world, seeking to damage Christians and to turn people away from following Jesus. If we look into the scriptures, of course, we see it there. It wasn't long after what we read in, one, in John, Genesis 3 that Cain murdered Abel and Satan was active through Abel, or through Cain to try and snuff out the line of faith which would lead to Jesus. Uh, we come to the New Testament, there's other things in the Old, but if we come to the New Testament, Herod murdered John the Baptist. Stephen and James were murdered by the Jewish hierarchy in Jerusalem. And of course, we can consider the cross itself. Satan was active there. He was active through Judas Iscariot as he sought to uh, stop Jesus uh, from doing what he was going to do on the cross, render it uh, of no significance at all. What about in Australia? We're not being persecuted, not, not really, not very strongly, but um, people may ridicule you because of your faith or perhaps we don't sort of nail our colours to the mast to get that ridicule, but uh, people can uh, sort of shun us, give us the cold shoulder. People may be deprived from uh, positions in organisations or on boards or in work. We may be uh, under some pressure in that way. We may be shunned by family or neighbours or workmates. Uh, but our persecution is lighter, but it's there, if we look for it and if we are truly living as Christians in this world. If we look at um, the temptations of Satan then we can see a, a more subtle approach, and this is his, how he's particularly active with us. If we look at the, the passage in Genesis, it's an interesting development, isn't it? Satan approaches uh, the woman and he says, has God said? So he raises, first of all, that question in their mind, has God said he raises that area of doubt and uh, we can be uh, foiled by that as well in our lives uh, where we come across things. Has God really said that I should love my neighbour no matter what they do or what they are? Has God really said that I should give myself entirely to Christ, that I should sort of mix things a bit? Has God said that it's all right to do this or that? Has God said it is wrong to gamble? Has God said it is wrong to envy? Has God's... He raises questions in our minds. 
He tempts us. And so he approached the woman and said, Has God said? And then when she said, Oh, we're not to touch the tree in the middle of the garden. He said, If we touch that, we would die. And then he says, You will not surely die. So Satan not only tempts us to doubt what God says, but he contradicts God. Oh, it doesn't matter if I have a a feeling of hatred towards that person. It doesn't matter if I never want to associate with them again. It doesn't matter if I turn my back on them. It doesn't matter if I involve myself in this or that a little bit. He contradicts God. And then we read that uh, when the fruit of the tree was good to the eyes... And a lot of our temptation comes through our eyes, through our eye gate. Um, think about, uh, you can do this at home if you want, think about what effect or what is the message that comes to us through television or Facebook or other things for that matter, that television. The world is saying, have this, this is what life is. If you haven't got this, you haven't got real life. Anything that will give you joy is this. Anything that will mean that you're a secure person is this. The world is proclaiming. Satan through the world is saying that these things are what we really need. And the other thing which Satan said to uh, Eve, of course, um, is if you eat the fruit of that tree, you won't surely die, for you'll be like God. You'll know good and evil. And there we have the temptation to pride which affects us all, and that's the one I struggle with most. God tempts us to be, to be proud, to want to promote ourselves, to want to uh, uh, be uh, popular and favourable in the eyes of people, to be successful not for the success of others, but for the benefit of others, but for our own selves, to get kudos and uh, praise of people. And so uh, we read in the scriptures that... Uh, People were affected that way. Uh, Moses, a great man of God, but remember, he struck the rock when God said to speak to it. He was so full of anger, uh, taking his eyes off God and taking, putting his eyes on the people and the circumstances around the fact that his leadership was threatened, he struck the rock instead of speaking to it. Uh, we could think of Samson under the wiles of Delilah. Or we could uh, think of Israel. Oh, we want to have a king like the other nations around. We want to be like them and not have God as our leader. And we come to King David himself, who through the attraction of Bathsheba committed adultery and murdered her husband, Uriah. We think of others in scriptures as well. We think of Jesus his temptations to Jesus. Turn these stones into bread. In other words, satisfy yourself. Meet your earthly needs before worrying about the spiritual things of life. He said to Jesus, throw yourself off the temple. An angel will catch you. Be popular. That will get a crowd around and you'll have the attention and people will listen to you. Fall down and worship me, the devil said, and I'll give you all the kingdom of the world. Don't have to go to the cross. I'll give it to you all if you just worship me. 
and so Satan is very active. Later on, you remember in the Gospels, Jesus said to the disciples, look, I'm going up to Jerusalem, I'm going to be betrayed, I'm going to be abused, I'm going to be crucified, and I'll rise again. And Peter said, no, 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 that's not going to happen to you. We're here. We're not going to let that happen to you. We're strong enough to stop that happening. What did Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. And so Satan was tempting Jesus to take the easy way out. But, of course, he wouldn't do that. We had the uh, situation of Ananias and Sapphira. The church was uh, very strong in its fellowship, there were poor people in the church and so the richer ones were going to sell property and give money to the church to help the poor. And I said, and Sapphira said, oh yeah, they were husband and wife team. They said, yeah, we'll do that, we'll do that, we'll sell this property and we'll give the money to the church. When it came to the deal, then he gave a little portion of it. And uh, God took them to heaven. He wouldn't allow them to stay on earth any longer because they were lying, well, God said it, they were lying to the Holy Spirit. They were listening to the voice of Satan until the, uh, instead of the Holy Spirit who was moving in the church to, um, that they might sell property and give it uh, to those who were poor. I've centred a lot on, on Satan and his activity. and I don't want to be, of course, too long, but it's important for us to note that there is victory for us. There is victory to be enjoyed. We, we need to realise that we, out, we are at war, we are in a struggle, we are in a battle. In Ephesians it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We are in a struggle. And it's... Um, it's sad, isn't it? It's, it's wrong that if we go through life unaware of this struggle, um, when we say the Lord's Prayer, uh, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, do we take it on board really is what applies, that it applies to our lives. John in an earlier chapter said these words in John chapter 2 verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. And again, he's not talking about trees and oceans and lands. He's talking about uh, the way of the world, the way that Satan is behind the world. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of the sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Very parallel to Genesis 3, isn't it, in what it says. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. And we need to be people who are doing the will of God. In that passage in uh, 1 John 5... It says this, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves the child as well. You believe in Jesus. 
you are a child of God. That's the first thing. We are not a child of the devil. We're a child of God. We've been born again by his grace. We've been brought into God's family and we are precious to him. And that relationship can never be broken. But our life can be spoiled if we listen to the devil and if we heed him. He can attack us in various ways. Not only, of course, is our life spoiled, but the way that we, uh, God has called us to live for him and to be a, an emblem for him, to draw people to him, will be spoiled. But we are his children. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. The key to saying no to Satan is faith and also obedience. It's faith and love. This is love, it says in verse 3, to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Uh, sometimes, if we're honest, we'll probably say, well, you know, a bit of a pain, I've got to love that neighbour, he's so ornery, I feel like kicking him in the shins when I see him. But uh, God uh, says that our love for him, of course, would rule that out because we want to do his commandments, we want to please him in every way. We want to be useful for good. Everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We must not think that we can handle Satan on our own. Um, we must realise that we need the strength and help of God. Our faith in God must be refreshed constantly and our allegiance to God so that we want to do what he says, fulfil his commands, love him and love one another. I suppose it wouldn't be right to speak about our struggle against Satan without uh, looking at uh, Ephesians 6, the uh, Christian armour, which you're probably all familiar with. It says this, uh, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the, his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Do we take note of that? Therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, when you're tested and when he approaches you and attacks you, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to still stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So by faith and love, faith in God, love for God, we can be equipped to say no to Satan. It's important for us to realise that. And how are we to be um, constant in this faith and this love so that we will be protected from Satan's attempts to mar our life. 
we come to those three things which we often talk about but we need to continually review in our life. What part in your life does the Bible play? We hear it on Sundays. How much time do you give to reading it at home? Where God can uh, encourage and develop your faith, where you know how you can live to please him and obey him and love him. How much time do we spend reading the Bible at home? Why not take full opportunity to meet with other Christians uh, other times than Sunday? On Sunday, yes, but there are 12, I think it was 12 or 13 Bible study or discussion groups in our parish. Are you a member of one? It's helpful to be equipped to say no to Satan. What about prayer? Same thing. How much do we give ourselves to prayer? How often do we talk with God? Sometimes? Do we do it on our own? Do we do it in our families? Prayer. Again, in those small groups we can pray. And of course there is Christian fellowship is the third thing. Uh, it's good to be here on Sundays. We need to keep uh, reviewing what we do on Sundays so that we can best encourage one another in our Christian faith. But also there are opportunities throughout the week at other meetings, special events, uh, the camp and things like that, but also uh, these the same discussion groups where Christian fellowship encourages us and strengthens us so that we might say no to Satan, that we might not only not lead into temptation too strong for us, but that evil may be defeated as it approaches us. So we are at war. Uh, we must uh, uh, be aware of our enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to eat. And we must, by faith and love of God, uh, be equipped to say no to him whenever he does attack us, to hold firm even when those attacks of Satan are very hurtful and painful in our life. Let me pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you have made us your children, so undeserving as we were. We thank you that by your grace you've granted us faith and you've brought to us forgiveness, forgiveness of our sins, eternal life, and the sure hope of heaven. We pray that we may be aware of Satan's attempts to mar our faith, uh, to mar our expression of love for God and our witness for God in the world. And we pray that you would strengthen us by your Holy Spirit, that we may be people of your word and of prayer and of Christian fellowship, so that our faith will be encouraged and we may be strong to stand against him who seeks us harm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.